Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned into Unity FM 93.5 here at the heart of the city in Birmingham. And welcome to our Luton listeners tuned in on 105.1 down in Luton uh, on Inspire FM. It's great having you both uh, tuned in this afternoon to us and listening to another very topical topic but very important as well and not something we often talk about actually here but we're doing this topic today because November is kind of the uh, gambling awareness month if I can say and we're trying to link it in to parents to be aware of gambling because um, we have had some instances of parents coming forward like this and not uh, knowing what to do when their children or young people have been um, involved in gambling and it's something that kind of goes under the radar in a lot, maybe a lot in a lot of homes but we have the expert here today we have Dan Wishes in the studio who's going to tell us all about uh, gambling, a bit about himself, how he got into this and signs, symptoms that you can look out for, where you can go, where you can access help, uh, who's there to provide help for you. So there's a lot of questions we have to ask Dan today so we're going to go straight into this. Welcome Dan to Unity FM Good, good afternoon and thank you for having me here today. You're welcome, you're welcome indeed. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your Dan and okay, what sure. you do. Okay, so um, primarily I wear a couple of hats um, mm. as much as anything else. Um, if I can quickly explain without being too um, uh, complex. Mm-hmm. So essentially I work for an organisation called Aquarius. Um, that's my normal day-to-day, um, if you like. And basically we're a, well, in terms of the team that I work for, I work for the Young People's Substance Misuse Team. Um, however, Aquarius, um, with the other hat, um, we also have the Adult Gambling Service. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of work for them most of the time. But when I'm not doing that, I'm actually currently seconded for an organisation, which again is another charitable organisation called GamCare. Um, and obviously GamCare, um, we've been commissioned via them as part of six pilot city projects across the UK to basically promote gambling awareness, education, preventative work with under-18s primarily. So my background in terms of who I am and who I'm employed by, um, I'm basically employed by a charity um, which is Aquarius and also another mm-hmm. one which is GamCare. So that's kind of me in a nutshell in terms of the day-to-day. Um, how much more information would you like in terms of what I do and how I got into it? Well, yes, a little bit maybe if anything you'd like to share, um, sure. not too specific of maybe course. about you, but something that, because uh, it's not very often you come across people that are specialised in this and I would call you a specialty (laughs) because I went to your workshop and it was very interactive and very engaging. Thank you, thank you. Um, I mean I've been called lots of things and expert (laughs) is one, I'll I'll gladly take that compliment, it's not something that often gets um, shouted at me very often. Um, However, I do do have a specialty if you like which is working with young people Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously I just love working within addictions Mm -hmm. um, because I find the whole area fascinating and I find mm. it interesting in terms of the reason why young people themselves get into it and I won't go too much in depth in terms of how or why I got into it but obviously I've been a youth worker for years mm. um, and in terms of the roles that I've done working with young people that are young offenders or whatever else um, I've been quite fortunate um, and often one thing I find with a lot of addictions whether it be substance misuse or not often it doesn't just come with we drink alcohol or we smoke cannabis in isolation. Mm. Often what I tend to find is there tends to be a lot of other issues underlying that as well. So um, my background is in addictions, as I say, Mm -hmm. and I was approached um, because I was considered an expert (laughs) in the field of substance misuse and whether or not I'd be interested in getting involved in the gambling. 
so naturally me being the type of person that likes a bit of a challenge, mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, why not? Let's get involved in doing this. Because mm-hmm. um, it was just another extension and an overlap in terms of the work that I was already doing. So I just thought, I've got to do this because, um, bizarre enough, I'd had work with young people in the past that had been linked to gambling mm-hmm. without me being aware of it. Mm-hmm. So I just felt it was just like another extension of that kind of work, really, and that. So, um, so yeah. you find them very interlinked then, the, yeah, they are. The, both of these areas, indeed. Uh, I would an, do. And extended, yeah. you mentioned both. So uh, why do you find this? Why do you think it's... Well, why? Because I think that we all have, I mean, there's often been this idea that we have an addictive personality, or there's an addictive gene for argument's sake, mm-hmm. or there's a defective gene in commerce that kind of predisposes us to do one particular activity than another. Mm-hmm. So the way I look at addictions is you may have a person mm-hmm. that's addicted to shopping. You may have a person that's addicted to chocolate for argument's sake or a mm-hmm. person that's addicted to watching Netflix or watching the football or whatever it is that they have a particular thing for. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we all have a particular um want if you like to do certain things to excess mm-hmm. um, and I think that again it's, it's far too naive to think that again we only do one thing and we do that to excess without it impacting other areas of our lives and I think that when it comes down to it if we look specifically at young people I've worked with before in the past that have had issues with gambling and with substance misuse the two have gone hand in hand in the fact that if they've had a win Mm-hmm. What do they do to celebrate? Mm. They may go out and use alcohol for argument's sake or may use other illegal substances such as cannabis for argument's sake or cocaine. And again, if they've had a loss, what do they do to compensate or commiserate for that loss? They might well go and do that same thing. Because why will we know the impact that obviously alcohol has on a person and the benefit it gives you, if you like, of make us feel much more relaxed or we feel much more happier about the fact that we've won or we feel better about the fact that we've lost that's a temporary thing alcohol doesn't actually deal with the emotion of winning it doesn't fill that hole of loss either Mm. but we believe that it does that then knock-on effect is that clearly because of the fact that we have a loss in terms of gambling or we have a loss in terms of we feel don't feel good about ourselves, we perpetuate that particular behaviour because we believe that the longer we do it, the better it will help to fill in that hole, so to speak, mm-hmm. and that also it will improve our life somehow. However, if you then have a situation whereby um, clearly you have losses and what we call chasing losses, again, alcohol using other substances is a great way of blocking out those losses, blocking out the emotional or the physical impact it may have on an individual or in their family. So I say the two are linked in that respect. So um, yeah, hopefully I've answered your question. Yeah, so it's like a temporary type fix that people have yes. for something. So um, our, our listeners may not all you know, understand the, what alcohol does or drugs. I'm pretty of sure, they, they, yes, uh, sure they can see the, the, the meaning for that. So there is some sort of people are looking emotionally wise to fix something, whether it's great or high or a low, and don't yeah. know how to do that and search for something mm-hmm. to to help them. And maybe gambling, especially in our community, is unseen thing. Sure. It could be something that's unseen. This is home. Um, you can do it. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not drinking alcohol, yeah. for example, so I'm not doing that. I mean, gambling is haram as well, but people may not always kind of... Um, 
understand the implications of that. Actually, no. especially when you did the exercise, which is when I'm looking back at the exercise that you <laughs> sure. did at the workshop and how we are all kind of, in a way, we bring gambling into nearly everyday life. You know, the head or tail bit, yeah. you yeah. know, for example, and the coin when you flipped it. Precisely, you know, yeah. if we don't even think that we're doing gambling. So it's not, yeah. you know, we're, there's gambling and there's gambling. But we're, of course, we can yeah. Start, we can start very small and we don't even think it's gambling and then yeah. kind of be hooked. Exactly right, because I mean, yeah. I remember one of my earliest experiences as a child. Mm. I mean, I was fortunate not to be, you know, from accent, you can tell. I grew up near the water and <laughs> down in the West Country. Yeah. And again, mm. you know, you would spend time in arcades on the seaside. And again, when I've asked you, groups of young people or adults, you know, what is your first experience of gambling? They automatically presume I'm thinking about a bookmakers. Yeah. And it's not. Mm. It will be going into the two pence machine, going into the arcade, you know, the one arm bandits, the fruit machines as were, or even the funny little machine with the crane that you came out where you'd never win that prize. Mm-hmm. Going to the fairground, exchanging your money for tokens to win prizes, you know, getting those little tickets that you never had enough for the, the teddy bear or whatever mm-hmm. else. Those are our first memories of that. And again, you could argue, you know, that they are relatively harmless in certain respects because it may just be you've been given a pain for the day when I was a kid. You know, you could go and spend that money. Once that money was spent, that was it. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't do it again until maybe next year's holiday, whatever else at all. And so, you know, I think there can be harmful and harmless, if you want to put it that way, or more harmful or more, you know, less safer, whatever way you want to see it. Um, But I think also in terms of how we see it, I'm not saying that gambling is in itself insidious or insinister, because again, you know, we take gambles every single day, for want of a better word, when we cross the road, when we get in the car and all the rest of it. But that's not what we're talking about Mm -hmm. here. Um, And I think we see very subtle um, ways where gambling does influence later realizing that because the one thing I mentioned on the training and the workshops that I did with Mm -hmm. yourselves um, is about what we call social gaming, which incorporates Xbox. PlayStation, mm. PC gamers. And if we look at the actual definition of what gambling is, gambling basically states it's to stake something of value or many on the outcome mm-hmm. of a particular game or activity with the expectation of getting something of greater value back. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. I was in my Tesco's every day. Sorry, I shouldn't maybe give them a, a shout for that. But I was in a, a supermarket, I should say, <laughs> sorry. I was in a supermarket recently and I yeah. went past a particular yeah. display for all the, sh- uh, for all the uh, toys for Christmas. Yeah. I was looking at Lego for, obviously, for presents. Yeah. And I happened to go past a display for Xbox. It said, buy your coins for, I think it was Xbox, yeah, for Xbox for this game yeah. or your tokens. Yeah. Now, within certain games with an Xbox or PlayStation, and I'm not going to give the games mm-hmm. um, a mention for that to be unfair for me to do that. But again, we know that for certain games, you can only get ahead unless, or if I should say rather, you have certain tokens. You spend those tokens, they enable you to advance further in the game as well. However, we also say that again, because each token has an intrinsic value, it enables you to pass you know, further again in the game. That in itself is a form of gambling. Gamers themselves and I've spoken to a lot of them, mm-hmm. they don't see it as gambling. Mm-hmm. They see it as just part and parcel of gaming. Mm-hmm. And I accept that. Mm-hmm. However, if you're spending um, money on loot crates or mystery crate items, as we've seen, I had an example whereby I did some training and the mother had explained to me, a friend of hers, mm-hmm. whose son had been playing a particular well-known game which involves football, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically in their first month alone of making these particular purchases to buy a particular player which they didn't get within that game they'd spent nearly 800 pounds on a credit card men didn't realize until the bill the statement came through yeah. Yeah. now you could argue that's not a form of gambling however 
this is a 13 year old kid that ran up that set and literally clicked and clicked and clicked without thinking I need this player, I need this player. Mm -hmm. Well that resembles to me what you might do when you swipe on a particular online gaming website, whether it be for poker or whatever else mm. it may well be. So I would argue in those respects, they're there without just being aware of it. And mm. we think about how many parents enable children to have an Xbox or a PlayStation and play upstairs in their bedroom mm. or in their, their designated space. But it's seen as being okay. Mm -hmm. um, so as I say, you know, there's, and I'm not saying it's, it's wrong or it's right. I'm not here to kind of, you know, condemn or condone particular mm -hmm, people mm -hmm, for, you know, mm -hmm. for choosing that in those companies but I still think that maybe we're introducing this early enough it gets it involved in our thinking that mm -hmm. actually that's normal behaviour you spend that money for this and you spend that money for that and you get something in return now whether it be a player or body armour or a particular weapon within a computer game or if you you know put it into a gambling context of mm -hmm. you go into a bookmakers or you go into a casino you make a bet you win something back or you get a free scratch card or uh, sorry, a free ticket on a lottery whatever it is it's still to me in my eyes the same kind of principle so again that's how I see the kind of the subtle differences between them mm -hmm. and of course parents are not thinking about that when when they their child is playing the game no. they often they're very worried about safeguarding who are they playing with sure. is there grooming going on uh, do we know that other person okay they're not doing that they're playing with people I know and everything yeah, else is yeah. safe so they're okay yeah they're not but not actually thinking that buying this you know or right. the or the hooks that could be out there to to grab your child yeah yeah mm. and, and, and like I say you know it's, it's a very clever marketing mm. tool and what you'll find is a lot of the demo games that are out there and again there are a lot of free apps a lot of free games out there whereby you can play the game and also mm. you can play it to a particular point but if you want to maximize the fun that you mm -hmm. might have from playing that game yeah. then it, there's no harm in spending 295 and converting up to the actual real game and then once you're in that game then doing all the other bits and pieces as mm. well so you know in terms of the purchase in there so I do think there's a slight worry there mm. um, in terms of you know how it is and how it's seen and introduced as being it's just a little bit fun it's harmless and all the rest of it but um yeah, I do think that they're they're slowly we're seeing more of them, mm. um, and people just think that they they are harmless. So mm. um, yeah. So we have to think of quite a lot when we're thinking of gambling, which yes. is a, a big uh, word, really, because it covers um, uh, or there's an umbrella over many things that it course, can go yeah, for. Sure. Um, you know, you mentioned though is, is the, the lottery, which we know of the the scratch cards, the. Uh, I suppose as a way to the buying tickets in a raffle, you know, some sure. people, is this, is this gambling or not? Because yeah. I'm not using my intelligence to of do course. anything. That's the kind of distinction in a way, in the Islamic way that we try to yeah, distinguish exactly. something and, yeah, yeah. and get, get a present for using my intelligence as a prize rather than not using yeah. it in, in that way. So, yeah, it's it's hard for, for parents, I suppose, to understand all the different components because some are more obvious than others. And Sorry. often they just don't think and they think, OK, Okay, you know, just to keep the child quiet, or just to do something, or you know, yeah. I think back of the Pokemon cards, for example. Yes. You know, you're, you have your children there. There's probably similar ones to Pokemon today. You know, yes. Pokemon in my day. Yeah, was. <laughs> when my children were growing up, and they they pressurize you. You know, I just oh, sure. want this card, and I'm swapping with my friends, and then I'm trying to get this, and and this is in a way could be a form of gambling in a way you, then, could, yeah, you could you could make a case for that yeah, yeah. and I'm not going to say that it is yeah. or it isn't I yeah. mean I have my own particular ideas and I would argue that it it's a very subtle form of um, of gambling as well mm. um, and, but I think the thing is as well you know it's, it's seen as a acceptable 
way to parent, if you like. Yeah. Um, because obviously technology is brilliant. Mm. And I'm not here to kind of condemn technology either, but technology is great, mm -hmm. it has so many different uses. But my worry is when I see too many parents allowing technology, i.e. a PlayStation or a tablet to parent for them. Mm. That's my concern because yes, it's great that you can have your child upstairs in a room because they're not outside doing things that we might consider negative for them, whether mm. it be involved in crime or whatever else it might mm. well be. And whilst they're upstairs, they're safe so long as we make regular checks because you know when you have access to the internet you have access to the entire world mm. and you then invite the world into your house and I know that's a separate issue in terms of the safeguarding mm. but I think the thing therefore is you know if you're enabling your child to play computer games and you're not spending enough time with that child doing basically from whatever ages it might be numeracy literacy time at the park time at the leisure centre time shopping whatever it might well be going to the cinema spending time with the family I think the trouble is it's far too easy for children to build an affinity with technology mm. and to get involved in certain games and then for parents to have this disconnect because they're like well, I didn't know my child was doing this well of course you wouldn't because you allowed that device to replace you Yeah, and that's my particular thing and I'm not saying that's a, the case across the board but I do see a lot of that mm -hmm. and I think the danger there is if you enable them to use technology unrestricted and without controls or condition, you know, conditions in place I think there you have problems for a child to do what it wants to, to access particular websites. And the thing is, young people find out about sites that adults don't, for mm. older brothers or mates or whatever else and all the rest mm. of that. And it's hard for us to keep up to date with what they're doing and what they're not. And I think the problem there is, again, ensuring that they have that balance of spending time online with friends in healthy pursuits mm. and doing stuff we wouldn't want them to be doing as well. But I think mm. the only way you can have that balance is by actually, you know, if you have a child with an Xbox, I know it's easier to enable them to have it upstairs in their bedroom, but maybe for it to be in a downstairs room, yep. whatever else, where yeah. it could be better supervised or yep. whatever. I don't know, and I'm not here to tell people how to parent them. You know, in their, in their well, own we're homes. parenting out here, so we're but trying to give them <laughs> advice and we're trying to help them. And Adida, I think it's important that we give do give some of these er messages to prevent it from the beginning, from the start. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we can go in um, into a bit more detail over sure. the program, but from the start. Where do we start with this? It is like you were saying, being involved with them, knowing yeah. what they're doing, being so there, have have it in an area that they can see. Everybody can see what everybody else yeah, is doing, and yeah, yeah. um, build up the relationship as well, so that if there is something, because they they may even just accidentally come across something, sure. so that they will come to you and talk to you about it rather yeah, than yeah. hiding it away and let things get worse and yeah. trying to cover up a mistake with a, a bigger mistake That's and short, yeah. move on. Yeah, definitely. Right. And again, I would even see that when it comes down to it. Um, use technology as an incentive to moderate behavior as well because yeah. I think far too often the default setting is for kids that I work with because obviously I am a youth worker mm. and I spend a lot of time going into schools and colleges and I speak to a lot of parents as well mm -hmm. um, often and I was in a particular academy and it's not important which one it is mm. but I asked the pupils the average amount of time they would spend online on Xbox or on PlayStation 4 mm. the average length of time was nine hours and this was per day per day wow so you have to assume they're, they're coming home from school upstairs food is brought to them or they're texting downstairs when they come down for it and this young man I work with I mean a few years ago when I first started working with him he would spend nine ten hours a day playing counter-strike this was going back about three four wow. years 
But again, mm. if they're up there, the one thing there we know is it will automatically have an impact on your behavior, on your concentration, mm. on your ability to sleep, mm -hmm. to relax, to unwind, mm. because we know the brain's hyperstimulated. So mm -hmm. again, if we're saying, look, and I'm not a massive advocate of making kids do loads and loads of homework. No, I yeah, appreciate yeah, the benefit yeah, of doing yeah. some. This question saying, look, do your chores if you have chores mm -hmm. in the home. And maybe I was unfortunate I had them when I was younger. Mm -hmm. But, you know, mm -hmm. giving them something to do first mm -hmm. and then uh, Xbox uh, and PlayStation. Yeah. And then you might be given your two hours or your three hours or whatever on your Xbox, but only if you've done mm -hmm. what's expected. Because I think the problem is I come across parents saying, but we can't stop the kids from having it. No, but you are the parent and you can determine how long they spend on it. And again, you can use it as a bargaining or leverage tool against of them course. if it has bad behavior or whatever else. And I might seem slightly um, old school in saying this, but sometimes it's about using those tools. It's about using that at your It's exactly what we say. It's not whole school. This Good. is exactly what we say well. in programs, indeed. And using it as Good. a reward, and indeed. And you can build up the time. And I would say even three hours is a long time. But when you mentioned nine hours there, I was yeah. just thinking nine hours on that. Nine hours, if you think going to school, coming home from school is about nine hours, that's 18 hours. So where's yeah. the sleep? Well, that's the point. <laughs> and if you think about it, I mean, our average days are split into thirds. Yeah. You know, we have eight hours of work, yeah. or eight hours of school, eight hours of sleep, if yeah. we're lucky, and eight hours of whatever else yeah. that we do. And again, as you see, when I then spoke to these young men and these, some of these young girls, I said, you know, what exactly are you doing? What time are you going to sleep? Mm. The, the, again, the, the kind of the average answer was one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Now, again, alongside there, they're using lots of energy drinks. Mm. And sometimes there'll be canvas there. And again, why? Well, clearly, mm. it extends the caffeine, the taurine, your ability to stay awake. Mm -hmm. Trouble is, if you're then only getting two, three hours sleep and then you're being forced to go to school, you don't want to. Well, of course, you're going to be um, in a bad mood. Yeah. Of course, there's going to be that fluctuation in mood on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So how do you counteract it? More energy drinks or you stay up longer to finish a game or whatever else is, and it's mm. that perpetual cycle in that. And I do think that, again, where do they find the time to do anything if mm. all they're doing is spending nine hours a day playing a computer game, which to me is ludicrous. Mm. And then that then impacts on the teachers with that bad behavior, or what's considered bad behavior. It's just tiredness. Mm. But then also there's an understanding of how teenagers and adolescents' brains are different to an eight-year-old mm -hmm, or an 18-year-old, mm -hmm. for argument's mm -hmm. sake. And again, in terms of us making them do certain things, they're not wanting to play that game, so mm -hmm. to speak. They don't want to be in school. They don't want to be doing other bits and pieces. And again, we then wonder why we have issues with behavior. And I'm not saying that it's purely and simply the fault of playing computer games. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that at all. But I think it's a contributory factor. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if parents are able to use it as computer games more as the incentive rather than that's the normal mm -hmm, mm -hmm. course, that that's what the child does, mm -hmm. then I think you might see differences. I don't know. Um, it's a wake-up call, really, isn't it, for parents now, if if there's parents listening in this evening and think that they have a child that is spending a long time at it, maybe just monitor, mm. you know, we're just saying that for this week, monitor, yeah. what's going on, how many hours are they doing, what are they, what are they actually doing up in their room, p p bring in that cup of tea and cup of coffee every now and again, yeah, just yeah. to have a look to see what's going on there, and and. Try and uh, write down something and try and see what's what's actually happening for yeah. your child because it could be something that way that could 
change it or modify it to make a huge difference in the whole family because it's not just I suppose the gaming it yeah. is if they wanted to, to stop and go to sleep that we now know the blue lights from the internet right. affects our sleep as it well does. if you're having energy drinks so you're you're high up there anyway yeah. so you're you're not able to go to sleep so there's a cont- lots of contributing oh, factors yes, it's not yes. just one thing no. but we, we could change so much if we just massively. monitor and, yeah, and know yeah. what's going on there and then try and see okay we, we can make make a difference how can we make a difference and with a family hopefully you would have a good relationship maybe you need to build up a, yeah. a relationship with that child as yeah, well and get right. in there and play with that yeah. child as a way of building up the relationship yeah. get into the, your room and start learning how to play FIFA or something to actually be on their level to be able to help them to come off these exactly things. right yeah yeah I mean mm. as I say you know I mean you talk about sleep and sleep so important mm, and again yeah. by playing computer games we know and again with mobile phones smartphones come what you want to it mm. naturally affects our body circadian mm. rhythms and again, the minute you've ever been deprived of a night's sleep, I mean, I had a long weekend and I mm. and I feel tired myself. Mm. I sometimes take longer to wake up. I can be <laughs> a little bit more grouchier and all the rest of it. Yeah. So again, it's, it's it goes without saying. And again, if we look at adolescents as well, mm. we know that they're not the greatest when they're teenagers in terms of their mood or their communication and whatever else and the rest of it. Mm. And I'm not saying that we need to sit down there and start having FIFA tournaments or whatever else with our kids because they would hate that if they were mm-hmm. a teenager but still I think if it started earlier as you see mm-hmm. and get them into that good habits there's no harm in computer games becoming a family activity if that's what you want mm-hmm. it could work quite happily but I do think again there needs to be certain checks and balances in place in terms of the interaction in mm-hmm. terms of is the game suitable or not and again it's not for me to say that games are unsuitable for certain kids because mm-hmm. again that's not my place to do that but I think there needs to be that level of interaction where the parents are like okay but well, what games are they playing how often are they playing for is it a positive or a negative impact for that young person as well? And I think that's where it's a starting point. But again, I think it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, but you can only start making little small steps. And I think mm-hmm. if maybe a few people start, it's like the old drip drip effect of a tap. Yeah. It may well then become a flood, whatever. You know, it's one of those ones. And I think you have to start somewhere in terms of, you know, looking at reasons why young people behave the way in which they do. Mm-hmm. It's not just computer games, as we know. It's not. You know, there's, there's lots mm-hmm. of reasons as to why they are. Yeah. But if we know that certain behaviours may be linked potentially to an activity, then we've got to look at how we manage that and how we make it better for the entire family because one person's behaviour can have a massive impact on the rest of the family whether it be the parent or the child and the way I see it is it's a bit like you throw a stone into a pond you see that ripple effect but again it's the same principle if you've got one person that's got a particular bad behaviour it can only impact on the rest of the family so I think managing that is really important yeah Good points were made as we're going into a commercial break. We're already halfway through the show, so we listeners do tune in to us again after this commercial break where we're going to talk more to Dan about gambling and how we can help you and your families, inshallah.